I'm Logan, and this is Automatic for the People. Hey everybody, welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. Robot podcast. The very last episode of this podcast, which has been almost a year uh, coming. Because <laughs> it's been almost a year since the finale. So, um, And there's no Ryan, um, which sounds really blunt. Uh, but we have Spencer in, in his stead. So, hey everybody! Thanks for having me, Logan. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an honor to be here. I've listened for so long. I've known you guys for so long. I was there at the beginning of this, and um, it feels um, meaningful to me to be here for the end, if not for your audience. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a probably a super long episode because tacked at the end of what little uh spencer and i record um there is the audio from the uh panel that jess in atlanta uh and i did for the digital dragon con this year um because obviously we all can't go anywhere because we're on lockdown um or we're supposed to be at the everybody but me is on lockdown <laughs> everybody knows what's up we're all doing it <laughs> It's it's the one thing the whole world knows is going on and is all having to deal with. Do you think that this will age poorly, like us talking about this stuff? I think if we spent like 30 minutes being like, it's really weird to wear masks to the grocery store. It's really this. Like, you know what I mean? Like if we did it like Seinfeld style, like what's the deal with masks? Like that would that would be bad and that would not age well. But I think everyone, I think all this would just become like, wow, that's a weird spot. In history because it's not i mean it's not our fault it's not an opinion thing it's just like i mean it's being made into an opinion thing but it's like it's just actually happening and we're going through it at this time and place it would be like if you were listening to podcasts during i don't know the spanish flu a hundred years ago it, it's gonna come up and that's not a bad thing not dating it yeah um it's a time capsule <laughs> that's how you i'm doing a time capsule no <laughs> okay so Casey, uh, Ryan's daughter, uh, for uh -huh. those that don't remember, uh, Casey and I had the idea that to cap this horribly wonderful year, we're going to get a time capsule and bury it in the yard. Oh, I love that. So I ordered one. It's going to hopefully be here before New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> because, shockingly, it's coming from China. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, <laughs> so, 
so I don't know on the podcast, like, is anything, have you addressed anything? Do we need to um, do that? Yeah, we should probably address it for people that don't follow us on Twitter, um, because that's the only place I addressed it in regards to this podcast. Sure. Um, Ryan passed away. So, um, it was, I, it feels weird to say it was sudden. Um, it wasn't expected, like, right. it just, but he was not doing well and had not been doing well for a while. <laughs> I mean, he had his yeah. bouts of not doing well for anybody that listened to his podcast for five years. <laughs> I mean, I think I've been on once or twice when he wasn't doing well, um, over that time. And I know there'd be like little gaps and stuff or maybe big gaps. I can't honestly remember because sometimes it'd save you guys up and listen to you at a binge. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's one of those things. And when, when you, when we found out, so I'm, I like missed a call from you and then you called my wife. We were together. We were at lunch with my uncle and it was like, a, and immediately it made like, you didn't have to say anything. Like I knew and it was in it. And it was one of those things where even though I wasn't expecting it, um, it, it was just sort of like, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise in the traditional, like man trips off the sidewalk and gets hit by a bus kind of thing. Um, but it was not, um, but I, but I don't think there was any, I wasn't prepared. And so I can only imagine you guys and your family, um, not being prepared because you just, I don't know, sometimes you have those family members that just don't do so well, but they're around for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what I expected and hope, maybe hope for, or maybe just to put my head in the ground. And I, I gave him crap from here and here and there about stuff he did to hopefully push him. But I knew that over time it wouldn't work and I just hope that it wouldn't work for it, and it would, I would, it wouldn't matter if they didn't work because it would, he would just hang around for a long time and he didn't. And, um, yeah. Well, we've not talked about this at all, really. You and I, this is weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had the, like, the day he passed, you came over to the apartment and sat with me for a while. Until um, you just said that, I don't, I did not have a memory in my head work functioning, like, sound, telling me I did that. It's like I had blacked that out until you just said that. And then just all just flooded back. But I totally forgot that I did that. Yeah. Um, and I forgot. Forgot's wrong. I don't think I, I think I just sort of. I'm, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. you don't think about it. Um, yeah. Hell, I don't think about it. So, um, which I can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a coping thing because you're not, I mean, this podcast is sort of an evidence of that. You're not um, running away from the conversation in an unhealthy way, you know? Um, I mean, not to bring it to the podcast, but like Elliot ran from his uh, trauma for so long and then he created yeah. these divisions in his brain from running from his trauma and and a loss is a trauma. It's not, you know, no, no traumas are alike, but traumas are trauma, right? And um, I think that you're not doing the Elliot, which is good, healthy, um, but also your brain takes care of you in ways. And I think that like if that was, a, I mean, just personally on my end, because I, again, don't want to take over your your experience, but um, that was a really, really rough day. And I think if I thought about it a lot, that would be really hard, like every day. 
And so I think your brain just kind of says, let's put it over here. And when it's, you know, you're not ignoring it. And when it comes up, then we can think about it. And that's not bad. I think, I think you're, you seem to be mostly doing okay. I think you had a fork in the road where you could have chosen which way to go. And I think you chose to go towards people, your family. And yeah, and started going to therapy. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and, and and you're not abusing your therapist and manipulating her into believing false realities. You, this is this is your fi- this is the best final episode because you're living a um that you know two uh, path divides and Elliot took one road and you're taking another at the end of this podcast. Yeah, um, I, I keep I'm almost a hundred percent sure that it was you that asked me this, um, or maybe asked Ryan and I this in our group chat, um when we talked about the f- either it was either going into the final episode or after the final episode, uh, did I want the other reality to be real? And I think about that question a lot. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I know why, but it's also just kind of like, why does that matter? Like there's not another reality, <laughs> but I think about it a lot. You know, just in regards to like waking up somewhere else where all the things that you perceive to be awful and wrong are different. Yeah, there's there's like that the whole like I guess quantum physics, you know, theory and then the theory of multiple universes and things like that, where every decision creates a new reality. Right, every decision branches. There's infinite realities out there, and and I think that's. I know there's science behind that, but to me on a human level, I feel like it's like wishful thinking science, right? Because you like to, like, it's really pleasant sometimes to think about like, oh, if I had never said that thing, there's a reality where I never said that thing to that person. Or in this case, if um, there's a reality where um, Ryan maybe made six lifestyle changes over years that gave him 20 more years on this earth with us. And that's a different reality that would be nice to be in. Um, and, and so I think about that and I think about the other realities a lot, like a lot, a lot, especially this year in this weird pandemic year. Um, and, and I think that more than anything else, it's a good thought experiment because then you can sort of look at it and you can also, it's like, without diluting yourself, you can imagine what life could have been like, but it's not a nostalgic thing and it's not a delusional thing. It's just a, it's just a thought exercise. And, and it's nice to picture Ryan, you know, walking around and, I don't know, just us hanging out for the first time in a long time. And we're just listening to you guys do this episode where I'm not on it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's just a nice thing. And, and it's a nice thought to have. And, and I'm glad that I have enough memories with him that I can think that way. And I have enough, like, foundational stuff where I can picture what that might look like to a degree. Um, and then, but it's not so far removed that I can't bring myself back into the reality and deal with what's going on. So it's like, I like the idea of the other timeline. I like the idea of it and the thought experiment, but I'm grateful, um, that I can deal with what's really in front of me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Today, Um, (laughs) today, the day by day. Uh, I also think about the, um, not that any of uh, Ryan and I stuff was as traumatic as, you know, Elliot's father being 
you know, physically and sexually abusive to him. But like the whole idea of like, he has all for the majority of the show, he has all these very nice memories of his father that like come up through his like discovery or rediscovery of who he really is and all that. And it all seems like so happy and warm. Like the, the picture of them dressed as doc and Marty and like Mm -hmm. just stuff like that. And then like the ultimate reality of like, also, yes, this guy was emotionally, physically, sexually abusive to his child and like rectifying the like good and also there's bad and how does the bad not completely overwhelm the good and it's kind of that whole like separating the art art from the artist argument kind of where it's like but i really like this but this person is was like horrible in all of these situations yeah no i mean it's so I mean, as all of us are, you could if I if this had been me, you'd have things I I would assume I'm I'm too vain to see what they might be, but you'd have things to say that were not positive about me as well. Um, <laughs> but, Spencer ghosted me all the time. <laughs> I always came back to haunt you a little bit, um, but um, but it's one of those things where yeah, sure, like he's a human, he had stuff, you know, and um, but gosh, man, I think so much about it's sort of like we talked about, like when you see, I guess, spoiler alert for the Mandalorian, whatever. But when you see like Boba Fett come out on the Mandalorian and I'm like talking to Ryan about star Wars when he was in the mindset to really talk about it was so much fun. And listening to you guys talk about it was so much fun, but honestly too, because of that twin brother relationship, it was also very fun to listen to y'all argue, but especially when y'all were like, not mad at each other but you were still arguing yeah i mean that <laughs> and, that's our and that was both of our favorite things to do not like with each other but we loved to argue about dumb shit that doesn't mean anything like I, you know i'll stand my ground on something stupid that i don't even really believe in <laughs> you know just to like go back and forth at each other I mean, yeah, and it's and and I think like just he he was like a for his um, for some of the selfish stuff that could occur for many different reasons that he also like would send just boxes like not boxes but he would send me like so much stuff he had you know that time when those subscription boxes were such a huge deal and he was getting so many of them and you would just be like you know Ryan sent all this or. Um, just a year ago, I mean, um, he in a trade that he was happy with, but really he just he would not let me pay for something that he owned that I wanted to give my kid for Christmas. And he made me he's like, just trade me something. And I like I, he tried, he was, you know, he took a trade and but he would not let me pay him for it. And and he showed up out of his way um, to make sure he got those things to me. Um, and he was there when my family had a tough time. Um, he, he came to help and kind of represent your family and, and cause you couldn't be there. And it was just, it, it, it just, there was a streak of goodness there. That was, I think the prevailing character, um, despite, 
any personal things that might have been tough for him and and just led to, to him not being around as long as he should have been um for us at least um but god well, he's just a good dude and some people are just good some people are just good and some people have shitty problems and that sucks and they make things complicated but some people are like just good and i think ryan had shitty problems and was just good you know and mm-hmm. I think you're the same way. You wouldn't let me say that. I'm just going to say it now because it's the last episode and I don't have to follow this up anytime soon. But um, I think you're similar. You have shitty problems, but you're just a good dude. And and that's why like you two are some of the truest friends I've ever had. I mean, I don't... You think I ghost you, man. You got to imagine the people, other people in my life. And and but that, that group... We're going to yeah, start we had, a support group. I mean... Uh, I'd have to like look for their numbers because I haven't texted them in so long. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I was giving you a hard time. No, I know. Um, but but I think about like that group thread that we had. So like so we had a group text thread, everybody, and we would text. I mean, I texted y'all more than I text my family. Outside of my wife, there's no one else I text as much as that group thread. I had to mute that group thread strategically sometimes. <laughs> Because I knew we would just be talking all the time, or y'all would be talking, and I would be reading, and then jump in here and there. Um, but that was like pure joy, that whole thread, and and I'll miss that a lot. And because um, even when it was tense, it still was like this is going to get it all. I always knew that thread would get better, always, yeah. and uh, and and it always did. And, and I miss that. And that I think that's I don't know. It is what it is. I guess. Yeah, it you know it sounds. It's not a thing I can say to a lot of people, um, specifically. You can you can say oh, uh, you know that the thing that will always get you is when something happens and you want to talk to that person about it. You know, like when when people's parents die or they have a sibling die or or, or spouse or you know like that's a very common thing like yeah this happened and i really just wanted to talk to him about it what i think a lot of people outside of our like geek circle would just look at me and stare stupidly at is me going like so disney just announced uh i mean it's the last episode a fuck ton of things (laughs) and all i want to do is talk to my brother about it yep yeah. And I think most people would be like, so your brother's dead. And all you can think about is how you want to talk to him about Star Wars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And Marvel. And holy shit, did you see that Patty Jenkins tweet? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know if you're actually asking me or if you're asking him, but I mean, it's I agree. I, this is last night. It's such a it's such a funny thing to see because yeah, the only social media I'm on now is Twitter, right? And so I see just a very specific version of social media now. And I'm seeing all the reactions, like the people who are super thrilled and like, let's have this fun. This is so exciting. There was like one guy who posted up the picture of all the Marvel stuff. And, is, and they've done a really good job, you know, making big steps to diversify their cast and their creative talent. And this and one guy who is not wrong at all. I'm not denigrating this guy but he he's like where's the hispanic heroes so it's like all this stuff and he's like boom one thing to knock it all down right and and from his perspective 
and and then there's like the people who are going this is such a machine this is blah 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 and it's like so i'm seeing all these different takes right on the all this three hour long disney announcement of all this stuff and all i'm thinking is like i just want to like talk to ryan and logan about this because <laughs> it's because we could we could have all of that stuff in one conversation but it was a real conversation there was usually so much excitement even when one of y'all was being a negative nancy or negative yeah. ned so yeah it, it, it's it it kills me and <laughs> uh i think i'm pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast um when they announced the new uh star or on a podcast somewhere um when they announced the new star wars stuff when disney bought star wars i at some point said like it kind of makes me sad because what it means is i'll never live long enough to see all of star wars mm-hmm. and like i think about that a lot too <laughs> because it's just like keeps reaffirming that fact and of course now ryan didn't you know um there's you know there's so much that he would be so damn happy about uh i mean just the ahsoka stuff alone i mean his maybe not his favorite actress but one of his most favorite actresses showing up as one of his favorite Star Wars characters and then getting a series off of it. His favorite director, well, second favorite. He he loved Tarantino, but he there was a time where I think Robert Rodriguez, he was more into Robert Rodriguez than Tarantino. Yeah. For him to see a Robert Rodriguez Star Wars anything, I, I mean, he would have been beside himself, let alone that it, it turned out to be the best Star Wars anything. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I just sit there and you, and so I didn't know. So that was last week. And so I didn't know Rodriguez had directed it until the credit. Cause you know, they do that thing at the end that goes like directed by. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, and, and, but then I was blown away on my in my fandom level, which used to be very, very elevated for him and was diminished over time. Um, but not because I disrespect any, whatever doesn't make any difference. But the point is I had this whole like, whoa. And then I had, oh, like immediately was just like, Ryan would have loved this. Like it was all the things and there's mystery. And like, it was always fun to speculate with him because in the episode, baby yoda slash grogu is calling out to a jet who's he calling out to so we we would not only be talking about boba fett and we were probably joking about how that's how we would all look in the boba fett armor <laughs> and, and 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 we would be laughing and we would be like and then i think ryan would be like i hope it's Ahsoka coming back and we would be like no dude it's not her coming back she's going to get her own show and this week we'd be proven right and we'd be rubbing that in his face but then he'd be like hope Rob rodriguez does something else and we'd be like yeah we hope so too <laughs> all these like levels of like agreement and disagreement and debate and fun and um you know it's uh when when you lose that kind of relationship and connection um uh, there's a there's just a an element a level of joy a layer of joy that's just taken away forever um and and that is um tough you you guys did like a, a big episode and I, you've talked to me about it um, privately and you've written some stuff about it privately but you did a big Star Wars episode with him um, towards the end, 
um, that I can't listen to yet. Um, I know I will, but I just, it's, I just can't do it yet. Um, because I know then that will be the last new thing. Yep. And that's very tough because that, because that's the, that is the, the level, the layer of joy in one podcast. And it's the last remnant of that layer of joy that I personally have. Um, and, um, my family lost someone a year ago, pretty spectacular figure within our family. And I have these three recordings that, um, that, uh, that some people did of the, the person before they passed away and they're sitting on my desktop and other people have heard them just like with this podcast. And I just, I can't press play. I can't do it because then that's it. And, um, but then there's a level of like, at some point I know I'm going to, because if I don't, then I'll never have had it. And that's a hard place to be in and a hard thing to think about. But that's what I think about when I think about Ryan and the end of this podcast. And it's sort of, it is a, it's a, it's just a year. I, I really don't like giving 2020 the power of the bad year. It's just life happens. People die and things happen. And a hundred years ago, this, this, you know, we had Spanish flu in America. Like it happens. It's, it's not unprecedented the way that people talk. It's, it's awful and it's terrible, but I'm not given the year of the power because time doesn't have that kind of power. And, but, but, um, but it is this bad series of events for a while now. Um, and, um, eat your Wheaties kids. <laughs> like, let's be healthy, Logan, eat those almonds. <laughs> um, so talking, t- talking about the show, uh, I mean, I wanted to ask you this, like to start with and I just let it go. But, uh, so this show only happens because of you. So when I'm sitting in the hospital bed and I'm like talking about this promo that I keep seeing on USA, do you think that I'm insane? <laughs> so, okay. So a, I didn't have cable. I haven't had cable in years. And so I didn't have cable then. And you kept, you called it Mr. Robot. And for whatever reason in my mind, my mind didn't go, go and look up this trailer. I was in a weird transitional phase of my life where I had a very pregnant wife, um, a, a job that I had hopes for that it was clearly becoming not a good thing and then desperate need to find a new job. I was like three months out from her due date, four months, three or four months and three or four months out from needing like gainful employment. So my mind just kept going, what, what robot show is Logan seeing commercials for, but never thinking and connecting the dots because of all the fuzz in between these two points, I could just go on YouTube and look this up. <laughs> so I, I literally was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And I just, and it just sounds dumb. It sounds like RoboCop, a TV show. That's what I thought it was. Because <laughs> like, you weren't explaining it to me. You were just saying the trailers are amazing. It's the, it's called Mr. Robot. It's on USA. And I'm like, Christian Slater's in. And I'm like, yeah, none of this really means anything to me. And it wouldn't really shock me at this point in time if Christian Slater were in a bad robot cop show. <laughs> like no offense to him he's awesome and i've always loved him but like it would it would it have shocked you then if that is what he had done probably no, not no. and so so i definitely was like but the big thing what the biggest thing was is you were super passionate about it 
and and you needed something at that point especially to be super passionate about so it was like yeah okay cool do it <laughs> and um, it sounds trite but it is what no, it is it, i mean i i think about describing or because you're right i was not very specific and the trailers like weren't really specific at the time because it's like just him riding on the subway with his inner monologue and he's like looking bug-eyed and creepy and like strung out and like i don't know what this is but it looks like it's going to be something (laughs) and uh i think ryan was probably the first person i got to actually look it up and he did and he was like yeah that looks that looks good like you know and then they released that opening scene and him and i both just went ape shit over it like oh my god this is gonna be the best show ever didn't even turn out to be the show we thought it was gonna be <laughs> but it did turn out to be the best show ever these these are some things i remember and this is this is part of how my brain works it's um I have a very weird brain, but, but maybe it's just a human brain. But I remember you guys being super pumped. And I, I don't remember if y'all had really podcasted before. Maybe he'd come on your comic book podcast or something. Yeah. Um, and maybe a guest on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe. Um, but I don't think you'd like done a show together and like made a commitment together at that point. Is that right? Yeah. And so... You guys, you, I don't, I don't know who came up with it, honestly. I just know that it came to me because at the time, like it was quote unquote my website that this was starting on, on Film Dispenser. And, and so you, you, you wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, you know, do it. <laughs> yeah, <Man>. whatever. <laughs> we thought you were going to die. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing I remember, like when you were sick and like in the hospital, it was just like, I kept, like my biggest line to you was like, you need like you should not be alive, and so if you are going to be alive, you need to do something, uh, do something with that. And and you, this is the first thing that you wanted to do, and it was kind of like, well, I told you to do something. This is something, and it's starting something new, and starting something new at this kind of time when you're in the hospital um, is a pretty good indicator of like a desire to keep going. <laughs> and so um, let's support that. And I didn't really go beyond that. But I've sort of always been weirdly, blindly supportive of you. I should stop doing that, maybe. Yeah, Am it I is able? kind of ridiculous. So, well, I, I, well, it's given me the ability to call you when I think you're doing, or call you out when I think you're doing the wrong thing. So that's kind of good. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I just remember, I remember kind of all these things happening at one time. Um, and I didn't really know Ryan until, until you were sick, because I had to get in touch with him. And I got, I got, I think through Twitter, I think I reached out to him and was like, Hey, I need your number. I need your mom's number. I need to talk to y'all. Um, and so I called them and I will never forget being in the emergency room, which, and I've said this probably on this podcast, but sitting there like alone because my wife was working. Um, and I just was like, you need to keep working. Like my brain just locked in. Like you need to keep working. I'll do this. And I didn't call anyone to come sit with me and I had people, my uncle could have come sit with me, my aunt, could, anyone could, I didn't, I just sat there alone. Um, and I remember Ryan walking in and because you're twins, it was like, no question. Hey, Ryan's here. And then it was like go time. Um, and it was such a relief to know that I got your family there 
and they were there. And that's really, like, I think I met them before, but that's really when our relationship started in this chaos and fear for you. Um, and then the podcast, and then he became part of the film, the Spencer family, which is what I called it at the time. Um, cause I would saw myself as an internet Disney. Um, and, um, but then he's just part of weekly life and then just grew from there. And this podcast in particular, cause this show I ended up loving the show and, and listening to you guys and, um, Spencer, I brought so much stuff into your life. <laughs> you did. All, all of it, for the most part, good. You are <laughs> excited about the fact that Hayden Christensen is going to reprise his role in the Kenobi so, series. But at the same time, in a weird way, I'm conflicted that I feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they, it's like if they announced that Jar Jar was showing up. You're like, why am I excited about this? What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I mean, I definitely read a chapter in one of the expanded universe books and was like, oh, that's what happens to Jar Jar. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, I, agree. Oh, I mean, both of y'all did because both of y'all had that that Star Wars thing, too. And I don't know it, this, but this podcast in particular, I think, was a um, we have talked about how prior to you getting sick you didn't believe in our friendship <laughs> uh, and you thought it was a lie, uh, which, cause I was obviously getting all of this slave labor and money from you. Come on. Um, I still think that's one of the funniest things, but that I think that all occurred. All those things that happened was that you and I solidified a friendship and I gained Ryan's friendship. And then the three of us gained this new friendship. And it was this really, wild thing of a terrible thing and then mr robot really bringing the three of us together from my perspective um and then keeping us together too because when the show would go off and if say there was a down anytime the show came back up this picked up and this conversation picked up and i would jump back in and it was always a, a really nice thing to know was coming and and one of the sadder parts of the show ending even if I believe that it ended well, um, was that that element would, would end. Little, little did I know what this year would hold for, for that relationship. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's weird that the podcast ends. I, I mean, it, it's just, it's such a final thing. I ran a, cross a tweet of his the other day that uh, and, and it's something that I I think we talked about on the show and I know I wrote about somewhere about like all of the things that were ending in 2020 like but he tweeted out like literally 75-80% of the things that I love the most are coming to an end in 2020 what am I supposed to do after that mm -hmm. I was just like well, actually, I don't even think it was tweeted. I think it was on Facebook because I almost reposted it and was just like, well, this is a, a fucking statement <laughs> to end all statements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, not to completely like do a left turn, but yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, just in regards to Mr. Robot, the show has been done for almost a year now. I still think about it constantly and also 
still discover things about it that I didn't know and about the people in it. Two, three days ago, I was reading some stuff on Grace Gummer because I was like, what has she been doing? Like, I need to go see some more of her stuff. I know she's in Francis Ha, but that might be the only other thing I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. Do you know who she is? Meryl Streep's daughter, right? Did not know that. Oh, I thought we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did Maybe we? me and Ryan did. Maybe me and Ryan did. I don't. That's one part that gets confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I know, I know I talked about it with one of y'all, but I think it was like early on when she showed up and it was like, who is this? And that was like, that's the kind of fact Ryan would definitely know. He always would find that kind of stuff out, um, and be like, did you know this? And then we'd be like, whoa. And then we'd move on to 50 other things. Um, and so I know that I know at some point he and I talked about it, but it was more like fun fact. And then we moved on because it, because she's so separated from Streep in terms of, um, her talent and there's similarities in there how they look when they were younger and stuff and, and for sure but yeah. it's not like she's such a spitting image that you can't break it apart and so um so she just sort of cut her own cloth especially on this show gosh so good um but well, the, funny um, re- the reverse of this though sorry the reverse of this is i watch francis how like once a year um but i skipped it for a couple of years and then i watched it last year and was like holy oh, crap grace gummer's in here <laughs> So I had the reverse uh, experience. Um, I had a similar a revelation about, I, I still haven't seen Tenet, but uh, the guy that's in Tenet. Um, uh, John David I'm, Washington? Yeah, John David Washington. I know I know it's David Washington. I can never remember the first part. Um, John David Washington um, was on a show on HBO called Ballers, which is a very bro-like it's sports, sports entourage, right? Yes. And yeah. it's not it's not high art. It is fun to watch, much like Entourage. Um and, and it's The Rock and a bunch of other people that but he was a like a uh pivotal part of that show. Um and Ryan and I would talk about him all the time, like how great he is. And I remember being so excited that like this this dude is gonna course he didn't wind up breaking out because tenant got you know <laughs> whatever because 2020 <laughs> i'm giving it the power um <laughs> but still he I, I don't know how he is in tenant in uh ballers he is electric like it, it is so hard to dislike him even when he's being the most horrible person like you're just with him you're like, yeah, dude, yeah. And he's such an incredible actor. And then, like, after the show ended, I'm, like, reading up on what he's doing. And, like, th- wait, this is Denzel Washington's kid? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I mean. It's, I, and even watching him, like, I, I did see Tenet. And even watching him, you're like, it doesn't look like, like, it's not, it's not, it's not that apparent. It's the same kind of Grace Gummer thing where it's like. I can see it, but also not really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I love Denzel Washington, and this this dude's still early in his career, but, I mean, the right roles come along. Uh, he might be better than his father, though. Um, I know that's blasphemy, but I, still. So it's funny. I just did, this is, I'll jump off this very fast, but I just did like a whole Denzel 
watch. I've only, I'm only missing three movies of his that he ever made. One of them's not even available on DVD. And so of those three, um, so I watched like 30 something movies to kind of fill in all the gaps last year. And the one thing Denzel doesn't do very often and should do more of is light or funny. And I think if John David would lean into that and go and just go back and forth, he could show more range because Denzel's great, but he did, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he purposely doesn't have range. Like he chooses other, like a certain type yeah. every time. And like, but when he, like we watched the preacher's wife last night, just as a Christmas movie. And, um, and like, it's a fine movie, but he is so nice as like a nice guy, just a nice guy. And it's like, just be nice sometimes, Denzel. It's like really fun to watch you be happy. Yeah, I agree. But I think um, John David is at a point where he could, it sounds like, especially if you look at Ballers versus Tennis, like maybe he'll go back and forth and kind of jump around. Um, Denzel's yeah. pacifier. That's what I need. <laughs> that would be hysterical. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, I, I can't believe it's been five, well, over five years now since Mr. Robot started and all the stuff that kind of spawned out of that. I mean, us starting the Star Wars podcast spawned out of that. So, <laughs> um, and I've got, let's see how much time I got. Like, I forgot my charger, everybody. So <laughs> Logan's got about 20 minutes. Um, I We've recorded <laughs> one episode of the X-Wing file since then. And we all agreed, like, it was... It was fun, but it was also rough. Like it, it just there's this sad note to it. Yeah, I mean that's such a family affair. Like you, you and I are like friend family, but y'all are like all like cousins, and it's just it's a that's very heavy. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Uh, <laughs> he would love this. So in our, our X Wing Files text thread, um, we Jacob and I have been talking about all the announcements which we really didn't even get into here, but um, <laughs> in true Elizabeth fashion, <laughs> her response is, I just woke up. What are we talking about? Oh my goodness. I love her. Let me, cause I know we're going to run out of time and this show is incredibly important to our lives over the last five years and, and it is over. And that is, um, that is fine. Things end, but it can still hurt, right? And that sucks. But the most amazing thing a year out from that finale, and, and then you just take the show the rest of the way you want to go in the conversation, because I feel like I've talked too much. But um, but the thing at the end of Mr. Robot, right, the, the point, the important thing was that those siblings mattered, right? Like yeah. the, that that they were together and they would be together and they would take care of each other and that they loved each other. And to have a show be so important, you guys talk separately to me about how this podcast and that show affected y'all's relationship in a positive way. Um, and to have all of that end on a story note with Darlene and Elliot and, and that's the that's the important thing. I remember at the time being moved and I, I plan to rewatch them next year is my thought and, and I think I'm gonna watch the whole show from beginning to end again. But I can already feel how that the last moments are gonna hit me so hard because of you guys. Because this podcast in the end 
so many episodes where y'all just talk about nothing <laughs> and 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 so many times where it's just about you guys being together you were this weird little version in podcast land of Elliot and Darlene and y'all story is over now too and that's incredibly poignant and meaningful I don't think you could write that any better um and yeah I just appreciate what you guys have done and I appreciate the show and what it has meant to y'all but also like you don't have to make any of it up. You don't have to fudge the emotions. It just is really like, it's amazing how tied up in the show y'all's lives have been and how your life will remain. Um, and that's a testament to, to what y'all have done and what the show did. And it's, it's, um, it's an amazing thing. And I'm really proud to have been some little part of it. But most of all, I've, been, I've enjoyed being a listener and, and a viewer these last five years. Well, that- I have, yeah, I don't know how to follow that up. Um, I'll hmm, let's see. I'll just I'll just say this: talking about the ending of Mister Robot and like what it meant. I remember not being completely satisfied with it, and because it is very open ended. But as time has gone on, it it's made me think more and more of something that we've talked about my my sister my we've called her my crackhead sister my junkie sister uh, who has just made the worst choices but uh and we we were flipping about it but we do love her but um in a lot of her times where she's been working towards sobriety i used to tell her all the time um that it, it, it didn't matter how you got here it only matters what you do next and I mean that that's kind of true for Elliot and Darlene. Like Absolutely. how they got there sucks. But it doesn't matter. It, it really only matters what you do next. Because you can take all of that shittiness and let it ruin you like they both did for a long time. Or you can work towards something better. Logan if I can say an honest statement about you is that you have proven that since the moment you woke up in that hospital and there have been times throughout the past few years, there's been a surgery that wasn't expected or let me say unexpected by us because you dropped it on. Um, yeah. And, and, and um, a car crash and relationship stuff. Um, but um, you take your own advice and that many people do that. And you don't always do it on all things, but on this one that I think is very accurate, you take your own advice. And um, that make it, I don't know, kind of proves the point and proves that it's right because you actually do it and it has worked. Um, and I mean, that's good. It's good words, man. That's really good. Um, so we'll end on that because um, I've got like 12% battery. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what you'll hear next is me and Jess, um, and the, the final Mr. Robot panel from Dragon Con. Um, Jess is the best. Um, I need to reach out to her, see how she's doing. Um, I, I, you'd think I'd be more like outreaching during the pandemic and I've become more and more like just 
self-focused and worried about my own happiness, which is not something I've ever really done. So anyway, that's uh, for my therapist. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, go check out xwingfiles.com. There's more stuff there. So uh, bye, everybody. don't remember how we ended the podcast <laughs> i don't think Do you we need have to have an ending i i don't i don't know now that you say it but i don't i think that the the i think you ended it well yeah. i think recording things so that i you don't start forget. recording yes and <laughs> i'm gonna start rec- i said it, record i hit it Record on this computer. Yes. Why wouldn't I want to record on this computer? Is there a reason for that? I don't know. It'll Um, either do it to the cloud or to your computer. When this closes, make sure you let it convert. Don't kill it. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Learn that one. Um, Because another track director didn't do it. And I was like, yes, thank you. I need those tips and tricks. Uh, Logan, this is going to go up to 50 minutes. It can't go over that because that's how Dragon Con wants to do it. And so you guys have fun. I have the recording going. And I'm going to count down from five. And then I'm going to introduce you guys. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is Lee, the extract director with Dragon Con Goes Virtual. And yeah, we're virtual. See? Hey, you got a little block. We kind of look like the Brady Bunch, but we need more people. Um, <laughs> there you go. And so, <laughs> it's already gone. I give up. We're this pa- this panel is going to be talking about Mr. Robot season four, the finale. Lots and lots of spoilers. So if you have not seen Mr. Robot final season. Don't complain to us if there are spoilers. So I would like to introduce Jess, who is going to be the Hi. moderator. And we also have Logan and Rox. And Jess, I am at this point, ta-da, turning it over to you. Go for it. All right. Well, here we go. We're kicking it off with Mr. Robot, the final season, which it's been a minute since I've delved into, but I... <sighs> I loved I loved this season, and so I'm really excited to get to dredge it back up and talk again. Um, I have put together a few questions I figured to get the conversation going so that we can all keep going, and then, you know, let's just see where the conversation goes. Uh, so, starting off, how do we think the final episode reveal, like, how does this change your thoughts and opinions of the season as a whole? Like, do you see our Elliot, who was revealed to be the mastermind, in a different light now? And how do you think this would affect your thoughts on a rewatch of the series? Logan, you go. Um, well, uh, the, the rewatch, it would certainly change the, uh, the narration. Because uh, for most of the series, we thought that we were the audience and he was talking to us, but then, you know, you learned that, Oh no, you're Elliot. He's talking to Elliot. So, uh, but, <laughs> um, 
as far as like changing the season itself, um, I I don't know that it changed much about the way I felt about the season um, or really the show in general because it was all about uh, well not all about uh, you know pulling the wool over eyes but that's what Sam Esmail was always really really good at is hiding everything in plain sight and I mean if you're paying attention it's there at the beginning you just have to know what to look for <laughs> like everything else so exactly so so for me going in uh so as you can see I have gray hair uh so I'm gonna harken back to other shows a little bit because the episode two of season four I was worried it was going to be and I'm going to throw this out there for you people to look at is the incident at Owl Creek Bridge from the Twilight Zone I was worried that we were going to have that incident of him dying is this all fake so there's been other shows that have tackled not so much like a lost alternative <laughs> timeline. That's a sore subject. <laughs> it is. It is. But you also had like the big reveal. I'm going to throw this out there because we, we have talked about this. Um, New Heart. Yes. The, the, the last episode of New Heart. He wakes up. There's Susan Plachette from the Bob Newhart show and everything was, you know, uh, a dream. Same thing with uh, St. Elsewhere, Elsewhere, where, you know, everything was in a snow globe. So I was worried about that. I was really worried about that. So I was really happy that, <clears throat> you know, if anything, Darlene is our constant. So to me, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> if you go back, and rewatch the entire series. Now you can sort of focus on, you know, if you ever rewatch a, a movie with a twist and you rewatch it, then all of a sudden you're watching another person. Not so much like Elliot, but they'd be like, okay, where is that interaction of Darlene with Elliot, 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 you know? So um, the big reveal, I really liked it because we had somebody concrete, and that's Darlene. So, um, overall, I really, really did enjoy it. <clears throat> I like the fact that we don't have to wipe all of the hacking stuff and say that was fake. I like right. that. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I like that they kept it as grounded in reality, I mean, as they like possibly could for a show of this nature, right? And they, I mean, throughout the entire series, they went to like lengths to make sure that the hacks were real and that it seemed as if this were a plausible experience. So I was also very happy to see that once we got to the end, it wasn't a, oh, it's a dream. We were in a snow globe, you know, et cetera, all of those things. So, because that, I think that would have like totally killed it for me. So I liked the the twist that we took and that we now get to go back and kind of like view it through a different lens. And then other things will, will start to make more sense. So this is kind of a good segue. So I'm going to jump to one of my other questions um, about episode four, the fourth episode of this, of the entire series. I think it's the fourth episode, right, Logan, where it's the weird 
dream and you have like him eating the fish and you have like yeah. the whole scene where he's yeah i go back to that episode so much and like at the time i remember thinking this is insane like it doesn't make any sense in the best possible way and now when you watch it it's like oh yeah okay yeah now it kind of all just makes sense yes. okay i vaguely remember the fourth episode and the fish eating yeah uh, so it was it was a at the time it felt completely out of left field i think it's the one where he's detoxing and he has <sighs> this crazy series of hallucinations you know, he and angela get married yes. um, okay like yes weird dinner or whatever in in the alleyway um it's it's so and he's he's yeah. being quirky and it's like what is going on it's completely bizarre and in typical sam esmail fashion like he told us everything we needed to know at the beginning and and i feel like this was something that we like locked onto early on and just had no clue what to make of it was him stating that Elliot was only a month old. Right. And so we're like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like why would Angela be telling him this? And then you, you come full circle to the end of the season and you realize why, because that was, you know, the moment that that personality really took over and came out Mm -hmm. as, you know, Elliot and the Elliot that we know. So I I think it'd be great to go back and kind of rewatch the series and just with with that mindset i haven't had yes. an opportunity to do that so i think it would be fascinating um but like i, I did it going into the final season but i haven't yeah. had a chance to to go back and really uh visit it as a whole just bits and pieces but uh but yeah i think uh what rock said about it reframing darlene which i think we talked about this on the the podcast that just frequently guessed it on uh, automatic for the people um, about how when the show started we were really not big on Darlene like she seemed manipulative and and it was like what is her deal like you know you're on Elliot's side and then by the time you get to the end it's like oh well, well when you find out like that's his sister and you realize like all of the damage and even more damage than you thought by the end mm-hmm. that had been done to Elliot had probably been visited on Darlene as well in yes. some form or fashion it it reframes everything she does mm-hmm. and makes her like so much more sympathetic so and she gets oh, yeah because the, there was like no sympathy for her I, I at I, all it <laughs> really honestly it wasn't until this season that I was really getting her. And it was, to me, uh, I don't know what episode, may have been seven, eight or so, or 10. The John Glazer episode? The Santa episode? That one was good. Uh, No, (laughs) where she actually, it was the, her then talking to Christian Slater's Mr. Robot, when she was leaving, that's when, because Krista knew this, you know, that sometimes people with dissociative uh, issues, they do change. So she noticed, so to me, that was the hook. Is she knew who, which one, which which, you know? So um, 
I liked that he held that off until this season of actually showing us that, you know, when she talked to him directly or even at towards the end when her and Dom were going to get onto the plane, she's like, hey, you know, I liked you. You know, I'm glad you're not a dick, you know, directly talking to him. So, um, you know, there great tie-ins on on all of this um yeah no there was a lot that tied in and i think especially in this last season the what they did with darlene and like the camera angles and just the way like you could see like where she was looking and who she was looking at since they did have two like distinctly different people to play on like for the personalities but it, it was just so fascinating to me to watch now that we knew like we knew everything so we were like in on it and i just loved artistically the way they kept playing with that with the direction it was so good <laughs> Well, I kind of knew something was up. I'm going to sort of, you know, sort of freeform this with the hack on the realty company, you know, that big hot hack, because it's almost like, you know, hearkening back to the, you know, incident at Owl Creek Bridge, <clears throat> it, it was almost like it was almost too cinematic of the big run between that building through Central Park, through wherever, I'm like, that is almost like somebody's comic book. Yeah. <laughs> that, and I'm like, okay, something's going to go on. And that's, that's going, you know, without reading any spoilers going into those episodes. So that's it's such like, a good episode, too. Such it a is good a good episode. one. Yeah. But I'm like, no way. There's a fat cop. No, he's not running that long. <laughs> Oh. yeah so they 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 had a lot of very not like standalone episodes like in terms of story but kind of like how you were just pointing out rocks just the direction or even like the style of the episode i mean the one episode that's broken up into five acts that centers around vera was crazy town that was that was like a, a lars von trier play that one was so i yeah. think he was taking a lot of liberties of let's try this and i did like you know so it's like here's the bare bones this is play and and i thought that was that was a great that was a great episode that was a fantastic episode that dude um, gets like he creates so much suspense the actor that plays vera that I, like I hate him so much every time he was like, I cannot stop watching this dude because you don't know what he's going to do. He's like mm -hmm. a shark. Like he's mm -hmm. just always moving, always talking and you just don't know what's going to happen, which I mean, that's a tone they established in season one. Like yes. this dude's in the scene. You don't know what's going to happen. There could be a body somewhere. You know, he could just shoot somebody. Like, it, you don't know. So it, it, he's so good. So good. Uh, and they took so long to bring that back around because he shows back up at the end of season three. And you're like, yeah. you kind of just forget about it. And then, bam, here he is. It's like, oh, not this guy again. And oh, just, oh, I love the way they so even good. took like several episodes to bring him back and and when elliot's like well you i was here he's like but i had to set this up i love that line that he actually had to figure out how to set up 
our interaction, you know, the interaction between Vera and, and Elliot. I love that line. It's just like, okay, wow. Yeah. He, I don't know. I don't know if he always had a plan, but he certainly always had a story. And I, the story that he starts to tell at the beginning of that episode in particular is, is one I think that will probably always stick with me, you know, because it's not apparent sometimes whether he's talking about himself or like is this something that was done to him is this something he did to someone like with the baseball bat and the whole thing and it was it was I mean like Logan said the actor is phenomenal and oh yeah I loved to hate him I mean he just felt like evil like down to the core so yeah it's the it's very uh Heath Ledger Joker-ish except you're like you're kind of still always just rooting for the joker like even it's like he's so much fun to watch this guy's just like it makes my skin crawl there's just like oh he's almost dirty it's like there's this film of dirt on him and you know it's just like yeah (laughs) yeah that was great casting to uh play kind of you know the character that he was the drug dealer sleazo kind of guy it was great I even enjoyed, so I was worried, too, that when they dropped Irving and picked up Janice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You don't want her as a handler. I will. Wow. I was was, uh, not above everything, but at least the final season gave us the best deaths for the bad guys. Like, it just does not get any better better like vera goes out exactly the way he should she goes out exactly the way she dom is such a badass yeah such a badass oh and just the whole i was worried for her the entire season like please do not kill this character at at that point i'm like i would rather see elliot die as a martyr than watch this woman like perish because they drug her into their nonsense yes 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 so what about what about dom and darlene final thoughts verdict where do you think they left it off with them in the end Uh, i hope eventually i hope eventually darlene goes and gets a ticket and and just does you know go live her happy life yeah Um, I, I think there might be a further, rec, you know, reconciliation. Uh, I think, you know, that whole scene of her in the bathroom, you know, she she does know that she needs to heal with her brother before you could move on. And, you know, that was the good thing about this season is <clears throat> I think overall that the whole the way they handled therapy was really good. Um, and then, you know, even with the therapy with Vera in it, I'm like, okay, that, that is kind of weird. That would never happen. Because the most messed up couple therapy of all time. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But to me, you know, everything that Elliot, real Elliot, mastermind Elliot and, and, uh, you know, Darlene went through, it's like, I don't think. Even though she says, I can do this on my own, she still needs her brother before she can move on. 
Yeah, no. That's my my thought. No, I agree. I think that's an excellent point. I think they need to come together as the only family that they have left. Um, I mean, their, their mom passed during the season, you know, the father's been dead for years. And so they're, you know, they're the only two left. And I think, especially now that Elliot has done his best to kind of reintegrate and kind of bring his true self back to the front and Darlene has had enough experiences and enough time with at least a version of her brother now that they can come together and reconcile as a family unit and then they can both move on hopefully that that would be like what if I had to like envision a future for the two of them that's that's kind of how I would take it I, I would love to see how Elliot does like real Elliot processes all, all of this because I mean his life has not been his own for quite a while and everything he knew before he went under is mm-hmm. gone completely upended I mean he, he doesn't have a job his best friend is dead um his sister uh for good or bad did kind of let him dwell in this place and helped him create this chaos and just let him live in it and it, like he now knows exactly you know remembers what happened between him and his father i i, I can't imagine that it, mm-hmm. it, it, that's that's a lot it is it's a lot to process and that's why i was kind of wondering like do we really think that the real version of elliot like has he has he truly been us the whole time we've been witnessing these events of as they have unfolded you know even a few times the you know the fourth wall gets kind of broken and you know it, it's as if they're definitely talking to us but are are we truly like meant to be elliot and if so then has he just been watching all of this unfold kind of, you know, almost like they show it like in a movie theater kind of style, but then at different points throughout the finale, they also talk about him being like suppressed in this happy dream world that we get to see for, you know, like it was an episode and a half or so. Um, so uh, where, where do you guys kind of land? I'm, I'm kind of feeling like on some level he was having to witness everything that was happening. And so like, hopefully it's it's not all like cr- crashing down all at one point like it was kind of more like a gradual and then when he comes to the surface that's kind of him like accepting it almost i don't know what what did you guys what think in about in that? the hospital that yeah. type of a thing yeah so like when well, he we comes don't... forward as the real elliot like does he well we don't we don't everything? see that we just see darlene coming in so to me that's the real elliot yeah yes so yes. and you know, you know, you'd almost have to, shows like this make you go down that rabbit hole of like, well, what is a dissociative personality when you car- compartmentalize your lives? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been stories, you know, like Sybil and stuff like that. Sometimes I think they've debunked that one, but the idea, or even people that experience blackouts, you know, when they're an alcoholic, they do stuff. They go on this weird autopilot and they, they like, they drive or they do stuff or they live their life. And then all of a sudden their consciousness catches up with them mm. and they're like, I'm, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And then they have to like backtrack of, 
what that is. Kind of like how they were showing in like earlier seasons when Mr. Robot would take over and Elliot would Mm -hmm. come back more fight club style. Yes. Of I don't know what the other half has been doing. Like who is correct. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I don't know. It's just it's just interesting to me to to think about that because like Logan said, if all of this kind of comes crashing down when he opens his eyes, that is a lot to process. And I feel like that would be difficult, especially for someone who already has DID to kind of accept all of these well, accept how much has changed in the last two years of his life. And mm-hmm. then just it, reintegrate just like all of the information just like understanding what all of the his different personalities that he created kind of were to him and how they helped him and you know has he really come to terms with that or is 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 he still kind of compartmentalized oh that would be a question for krista yeah (laughs) or for sam (laughs) yeah uh because she would have the notes um but then again, she was as the Krista in the alt plane, whatever. You know, she's like, yeah, she never talked to the real Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was always talking to the mastermind and she just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's going to be. Oh, some interesting conversations right there. This is true. Yes. So hopefully there's enough money that he got from you know deus group and (laughs) (laughs) you know white rose you know there there could be more therapy down the the road type of a thing um but when people who do uh who i mean a he's in therapy so that's that's a good plus right there you're you're already there so hopefully then well okay so the hat not the happy note but the good note is the the four personalities sitting in the movie theater Mm -hmm. you know it's like okay we all now see each other we you know so that to me is the integrating of the the integration of the personalities see i would i would think that at least in the world of mr robot i don't know how accurate it is that Elliot would uh, understand what happened and would just have to process the feelings. Like he would remember that that happened, but I mean, it's it's in real life. I mean, you can go months without thinking about somebody close to you that died years ago, and then it for whatever it reason you think yeah. about it and you're just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And, and but you there's have to a process that all over again. There's a lot of instances if you look at like the prior seasons where you know he's almost like living in the moment and even those seem you know like when he's sitting on the the ballpark bench and what season is that two oh like when he's watching the prison basketball game before we realize it's a prison yeah 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 yeah. season two the much maligned season two which when you go back and rewatch it is like oh this is brilliant (laughs) yes Yes. It is. Yeah, it does well on a rewatch season two, for sure. So so should we talk about, like, White Rose? We haven't, I mean, she's, like, the big main bad. Uh, I, I just wind up feeling so sorry 
for her. Like so much empathy, like and in true absolute bad guy or villain, shouldn't say bad guy, villain fashion, like the the way you make a villain compelling is by giving them like a valid reason. Um, I, like they did this recently, very recently on the show that Jess has been watching, Stargirl. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a group of villains that like super villains and you're just like, they're so cheesy and goofy. And then they tell you why they're doing what they're doing. And you're like, oh, like that really makes sense. (laughs) But you can't do this. This is horrible. Like you cannot like, even if you're so certain that you're going to like jumpstart like a whole different timeline where everything is just sunshine and rainbows you cannot kill thousands and thousands of people you can't do that and like it just it makes white rose so just sympathetic and compelling and just like and when she kills herself it's just yeah oh Oh, i didn't see i didn't see that coming i did not see that (laughs) because to me she was very much uh you know she survived so much you know or even built up her you know she lost so much that we saw in season four um but yet there was there was yeah i was i I don't hold on for a second rocks Mm -hmm. um i am very worried that uh i got kicked off this is the black box talking um so where it all the started stop talking with me was where you were saying should we talk about and i was only gone like a minute or two but what you were just saying can you repeat that or if not don't worry about it everybody else well we're we're talking about white rose and the there we go yeah how she's so compelling and unique and sympathetic and just such a great villain that you know you kind of wish she her plan had been right and succeeded and and i could see on how much she you know that whole where she was telling elliot there was no brainwashing she wanted to believe in it as well as what she told angela I mean, she did that so much so that she she killed herself. That yeah, it's like I'm I'm not going to be alive. It doesn't matter. I will mm-hmm. be alive in this other world. Like it, it's this delusional. Uh, it's its own kind. It's, it's a different kind of uh, mental breakdown. You know, you, mm-hmm. you've got the hero and the villain both with severe mental disorders. And, yes, you know one succumbs to theirs and one is able to just make it through thankfully oh my god okay so let's talk about i'm sorry oh uh, no you're good it's, it's i was re-watching everything recently cramming it in i i was floored by you know angela uh episode one of four uh, i'm like I, yeah yes and price just walking away yes oh my but to that reach but the the evilness of white rose it's like he was he was might and when he said and when he says i wish you didn't say that i'm like oh she's done Uh, and and then 
the whole miking. And I mean, he's he was I don't know where do you so she's like the big bad, and then he's like the lower. I guess the the now, on the, the podcast off. we would we would always put it in Star Wars terms. So okay. White Rose is Emperor Palpatine, and uh, Price is like Count Dooku. Okay, <laughs> you know? all right. So like once he's kind of out in the open like it's like oh, okay well he's not the big the big bad. yeah so like he he's kind of like uh, much like white rose like you wind up feeling kind of sympathy for the dude but at the same time like no like you you were yeah. complicit in all of this yes like, oh my gosh you yeah. got your daughter killed and like i mean yeah, you made it right, but dude, you deserve to get shot and die on the steps in the streets yep. in New York City. Sorry. You know. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. yeah. I I love what they did this season with, I mean, kind of with everybody, but especially with our more villainous characters where they brought in that sympathy factor or that empathy factor that made us like feel for them. I mean, we we, we already kind of talked about white rose and i just i loved that they gave us her backstory and that Mm -hmm. we got to see how much she lost what she lost and how she became who she is today and i absolutely love that and i think some people may have felt it was a little bit unnecessary in a final season but i think it did so much more for that character and giving her a meaningful end and so i i love that we kind of got all of that worked in and then especially you know, and then everything with price. Oh gosh, the reveal. I just I couldn't get over it. I was just like, yeah. Oh dude, you you just murdered your own daughter. That is that is cold. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to think. We've talked about Darlene and Dom. We've talked about White Rose, Elliot. We have we talked a little bit about Mr. Robot, but I feel like he had a little bit less in this season. Well, I mean, there's the reveal of like the true, I guess the actual true villain of all of it is Elliot's father, somebody true. we had come to like view in such a heroic light because everything we'd seen had I... been. I never did. I I never saw Mr. I saw, you know, I saw him as so freaking annoying. Okay. As I texted my boyfriend, Christian Slater has such a punchable face. <laughs> um, I love Christian. Well, his care, I mean, it's, it's constant. And it wasn't until the, this fourth season that he softened up True. to such a degree. I mean, that's where, we were wondering really who really was pulling the strings. Was he pulling Elliot's strings? I mean, we all must have thought that at some point. Season yeah. one know. and two. Well, two is hard. Well, yeah, no two for sure. Yeah. It was hard to tell for, a, um, it wasn't hard to tell. No, I definitely thought <laughs> that like they, like they were kind of at war with one another. I mean, it was very, I mean, it was very compartmentalized. It was very like, you know, what he does, the other doesn't have the knowledge of and vice versa. They kind of figured out to like hide from each other. And so I like three as well. Yeah. Yeah. But in season three, that's when they started to come together and work. Yeah. Together. By the end, mm-hmm. it's like we yes. have to work together to do this. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that that was very interesting. But yeah, no, they were definitely at odds for most of the series, I guess. Yeah. 
It was, it was just such an interesting dynamic to play with. But then I think they needed to kind of like just evolve it a little bit more because we had so many other things going on and it otherwise it probably would have gotten a little bit tired to constantly have them at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it was really interesting for me to get like the reveals about Elliot's dad. Cause I I'm kind of with Logan. Like I was, I was kind of feeling like that was Elliot's hero, you know, but that turns out that's just stuff that he all, that he made up. Like he changed the past so that he didn't, you know, he was shielding, I guess, from the real Elliot, you know, what a monster he was. And so, yes. yeah. And then plus seeing the softer version of Mr. Robot in season four, the father that could have been or that Elliot mm-hmm. wanted or that Elliot yeah. needed. I think that is very difficult to kind of reconcile who the dad like actually was. It's kind of like almost this like faceless monster, like hovering in the background. You can't quite like make out. And it reframes all of the, really everything that we felt about the mother as well, because uh, so much of it was, well, obvious, you see the flashback, she's the bad guy, she's the one always yelling, um, like when he tries to imagine that he's not in prison, the prison that he isn't in is his mother's house, Um, you know, and then, but when they go to bury her, like we get this story from her uh, attendant about how, how, what a nice lady she was and she's going to miss her. She was always nice to talk to, you know, like who is that woman, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. <clears throat> and then you find out that his dad was this monster and it doesn't make any, anything that she did. Okay. If, if, you know, she was that person to her kids, but like, it does kind of reframe all of it because she was also not understanding how to really process what she suspected probably was going on. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Uh, I would say, yeah. Uh, especially like in an abusive situation, there's like always, you know, <clears throat> why didn't you protect us from him? Why didn't you take us all away? You know? So um, that's, and then sometimes <clears throat> people who are abusive is they will put a front to other people. Yeah. So it's, it's that charming personality. So yeah, the people of the hospital will be like, yeah, she's great. And this is yeah. that. And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've okay. Seen that we too. just need box. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <clears throat> like, they're, they're not the person you think that they are. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Um, I really did. I love the scene with the snowman, the person in the snowman outfit, and they're just talking and then (laughs) condolences. Because at one point you're like, is is somebody in there? Somebody in there? I mean, that's those are the things I love about the show are those little like Leon is such a great character that one of the best (laughs) one of the best you know and it's these little conversations that just show up in the show and you're like they're they're i think that's so great and same one thing with the santa claus the the santa drive that was pretty cool too but yeah leon i love leon as the secondary kind of character he was cool and and the way they brought him back was just so great and Mm -hmm. he was just like no, that was, that was just a job, man. Yeah. Like, yes. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so great. 
Oh, Leon. Um, I don't think we've talked. I mean, I know he doesn't have a lot in this season, but I don't think we've talked about Terrell at all. Oh, and his yeah. mysterious death in the woods. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I, I get that artistic. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I'm fine with that. I think a lot of people, much like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, I think a lot of people want to make it out to be something that I, I really don't think it is. Like, it's very ambiguous, but mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think it just is what it is. You know, he, he walks out into the woods and, and dies. Well, see, that's where, hearkening back to what I said about, you know, Incident Owl Creek Bridge, that whole seeing the white light type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, okay, is he going to just sort of disappear that he was never there? Because I was sort of setting myself up like, all of this will go away. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, that sometimes with some shows, there's always that throwaway episode. You know, so I was worried that that's what this was. Like, we're walking down the road throughout the entire episode type of a thing so i mean in this season like jess was saying like this season is littered with those episodes that at first did not seem like you're like dude you have 10 episodes where are you going Mm -hmm. none of this has anything to do with what we want to see and then as always with the show it's not about giving you what you want it's about you know, showing you what it's about, you know, and, yes. and, you know, by the time you get to the end, you know, it was, it, I mean, it's a show about dealing with your own crap, you know, yes. like processing everything, <clears throat> yeah. you know. And, and he was somebody that lost every, if anyone, he did lose everything. Tyrell mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. not even because the kid went to what, Denmark? They put him in the system in foster yeah. care. Yeah, I don't okay. think they ever say for sure. Um, basically, they just tell Tyrell that, you know, play along. Maybe one day you'll get to see your kid. And until he's just so bored with it, that which seems like after just a few weeks, he's like, I can't do this. You know, I, I'm the C- what did they make him? The CEO or CEO, CFO, CTO, the tech, because he was the tech guy. So I think he's a technology officer. And then they were going to bump him up to CEO because Price was stepping down. So it's like, I don't care. I'm bored. So here's the thing. What I don't understand, this is the part I don't understand about the type about Terrell is okay. So he's, they credit him to reverse five nine, right? That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. If he can't get his kid back, I, I think it was just <laughs> them holding that over his head because they were worried once he got his kid back that he would bail and not be their puppet anymore. They were just kind of just like keep playing along and eventually it'll be okay. And uh, he's, too, I, he's too smart for that. Well, no, but okay. But, all right, let's counter that with Dominique. Dominique went one step farther and contacted Deegan. Yeah, the Irish, I think that was Irish, his name. The yes, Irish the criminal. Irish the Irish criminal. <laughs> to get his fa- her family out. 
Are you telling me he doesn't have those contacts? That, you know, if you're going to play that level of not, you know, who has the most resources, then to me, Tyrell didn't have the resources, but he should have. That's I, my... I think, I don't know how to put this delicately. Okay. I think his wife was always his backbone. She okay. was the the Jiminy Cricket, I guess, maybe for lack of a better term. She was the person that drove him. Like, this is what you need to do. And you see that early on. So without her, like, he he knew what he needed to do, but he didn't have that drive to do it. Because there was nobody standing there going, no, this is what you do, so go do it. And he was just just beaten down to the point of like, I'm never going to see my kid again, so let, let's just do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that Now I'm just wondering, like, you know, whatever happened to the kid? <laughs> yeah, that, that poor kid. Uh, and, and I still think about the scene with oh my gosh. Uh, with uh, Elliot and uh, Joanna, where they like he walks up to her when she's like walking the stroller down the street. They have that weird exchange. Mm -hmm. Like it's still yeah. Like I guess she did know who he was. Like it's never fully explained if she knew like that her that he he and tyrell were in business together or like she's just and she kind of just plays along with it but it very much seems like she knows who he is i think about that scene all the time yeah the i think tyrell and his family was one of the more ambiguous things about the series for yeah. sure and so it's just kind of left up to our imagination I mean, he was gone for like a full season. I know. I <laughs> yes. Know. Where yes. is Tyrell? Which is crazy when they fill in the gaps in season three. I was like, yeah. they just work in like exactly yes. where he's been until he gets that whole episode. Like that was crazy. He's talking about like not knowing what you don't know until, and then they just fill in all the gaps. This show was better at that than any show I've ever watched. And I yes. watch a lot of television. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, there's so many shows I watch where they, you know, like, retcon something back into the show, and you're just like, whatever. But this show, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, so do we like this version of justice? You know, there's that the interaction between, you know, Darlene and Dominic. They're sitting on the park bench, and she let the money go. And, you know, it's just like, what's your name? Just, I mean, who are you going to arrest? I mean, yeah. how is, how, you know, money that winds up coming, you know, that's awarded, it doesn't get to anywhere. I mean, if you've ever been in a class action lawsuit, I've had like, I don't know, at least three $5 checks come to me in a class <laughs> action lawsuit. I think I got the most out of, Barnes and Noble one time, but you know, to me, this is the ultimate, as she said, it's the redistribution of wealth. I wrestle and, with that whole thing. Do you? Okay. Yeah, tell so tell us. Okay. Tell us why. I, I mean, 
I, I very much love the romantic notion of like taking from the people who have entirely more than them and six generations could ever spend and just giving it to people who need it. But also like you, you do need to kind of like earn your way too. So mm-hmm. it's a very like weird that's dichotomy. A, that's, a, that's understandable. I, I ran a panel for, Mr. Robot for first season. And it was, I think the title was, you know, ethical hacking. Mm -hmm. So we actually had a, we had uh, Alonka Dunn and and a couple other people and we were describing, okay. So the first premise was to release debt on how hard it is. And I'm a mediator and I do small claims and I do credit, uh, credit card debt uh it is really tough to to alleviate debt sometimes and and to me the first premise was no one had debt which would have been great uh you know so to me as somebody who sees this and how hard it is for people just to scrape by you know that they don't understand what a a charge off is um i'm like i'm all for that <laughs> even though that's what uh, i do i've, I've got uh, mounds of medical debt so yes i am also all for that <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think i think how they treated the concept of like wealth and like redistribution and, and they always kind of framed it as it we were ultimately going against the top 1% of the 1%. The people, like Logan said, they're richer than God and they have more money than six generations could spend. And so like on the one hand, it's like, hey, you know, like let's, if we get rid of everyone's debt, then that gives everyone a clean slate, right? That gives Mm -hmm. everyone an even playing field. But then that sort of brings about a type of anarchy, which, which, which was astonishing to me. And I'm I'm trying to like draw the lines between like eliminating debt and like so because I'm a little fuzzy now on the details of earlier seasons. Why exactly did that bring about like complete anarchy? Well, in the because first place? the the Remind bank me. systems failed, so they yeah. they they used it as a way to create the the new dollar like this so, international yeah. so, dollar. Okay, so when you when you okay. remove debt. Okay, when banks will take, they they get their money off of interest and fees. Right. So if you remove that, then all of a sudden your banks are in free fall. Because really, during during 2008, they gave them an influx of cash to make loans, but most of the banks did not do that. They held it, you know, so that the money that they invested, not into people, they were able to then pay off what Obama told them to take. So they lost nothing off of 2008. That's my economics five seconds. Five <laughs> 2008. So somebody that sees the inequality and stuff like that, to me, I love the show for that. The whole sort of Robin Hood, Yes. As she said, it's it's like a, a, we just Robin Hood the, you know, 1% of the 1%. Yeah. It's lovely and romantic and 
but it's like, not logistical absolutely no. <laughs> like I, I, just like the eliminating debt like i wonder what that redistribution causes like it, it, money will always 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 cause problems having Correct. more or not enough either way it's going to cause a problem <laughs> so yes yes it it will you know it's like i think everybody here received their $1200 you know uh so what what it I, i'm not asking but the, the big question i wound up getting uh i think it was from the census they're like what did you do with it I'm like put it towards my day. insurance <laughs> yeah well i put mine towards my insurance you know home you know personal medical insurance you know like that's not cheap <laughs> so um, so many so many things but i i think that is what was great about the show is it did not shy away from the tough subjects. And I, I think, I think we're almost at time here so we can kind of give our, our closing thoughts on, you know, like what ultimately did like the show achieve? I, I, I thought it was brilliant for what it was is brilliant. Storytelling is brilliant. Artistically Sam Esmail is a genius and I can't believe he did, you know, what he did. And then it, um, it, they tackled a very, very, very tough and dark issues that a lot, and they did them well, that many people will, will shy away from. I mean, abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse. Um, there's a big one that I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, mental illness. Mental illness. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously. But so anyways, I, I was extremely well done. I was very pleased with the final season. Uh, for oh. me, I will probably rewatch down the road to see the dar more of the Darlene angle and I man kudos to the to this music this was like oh, this yeah. show had so much I mean, even the original music in it like the percussion music fantastic so hopefully there's a soundtrack somewhere for Mr. Robot so yes <laughs> I think there is I think it was a relatively famous Mm, not musician, but like uh, composer. Come, thank Matt you. Coyle. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Coyle is, is uh, brilliant. A genius. Uh, so good, so good. Uh, I think the legacy for me of the show is that like, there's no easy answer. Like whatever you think the easy answer is, wiping out debt, uh, you know, seeking help for your mental health issues redistribution of wealth like whatever you think the easy answer is it's not easy it's never gonna be easy um you know for every problem you solve six problems are gonna come back up so it's it's just so brilliant it is well on that bombshell <laughs> i think we're done we can't hear you lee uh Unmute. Hi, on that bombshell, <laughs> now that I've unmuted, I really want to thank uh, Jess, Logan, and Rox for being on this. All three of them are, I'm going to ask them right now, but then we will also have them uh, as we, uh, in the post of this on Facebook. So Jess, do you have a podcast or a site you want to, I hate using the term pimp, but that's the only <laughs> one I can think of. What you want to pimp? Absolutely. Uh, you can normally find me talking about 
all things CW, but mostly Legends of Tomorrow and now Stargirl over on the Tomorrow's Legends podcast. Ooh. Yes, um, you can you can find us, you know, pretty much everywhere. But uh, if you're looking for a website, it's tomorrowslegends.libson.com. Just all one word. Very great, very great. And then Logan, how about you? Uh, you can find pretty much everything I do at uh, eggslingfiles.com, including the Mr. Robot podcast that wrapped with the end of last season, automatic for the people, and of course, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Well, I was I was going to think with X-Wing that might... I was <laughs> yeah. wondering, I was going to make sure, you know. Love me uh, some Star Wars. Oh, 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 Logan, you and I got a chat next year. <laughs> I, oh, we got to talk that ending. Um, and Rox, what I about you? I love Star Wars hey, except for the ending. <laughs> I, I love Star Wars except for the last, like, 10 minutes. Sorry, uh, Rox, that's how okay, about you? That's okay. Rox of Spaz House for uh, needcoffee.com. You can find me on uh, Weekend Justice. You can find me on my website, which is spazhousellc.com. And I think my Instagram is at spazhousellc. So I'm around. So if you need research, hit me up. Awesome. And again, all of these are going to send to me because then I'm going to type them in. So we have them on the post. I really want to thank all three of them for talking about Mr. Robot. I loved listening. I did listen the whole time. And I cannot wait now to catch up on this last season. I kind of, it's okay that it was spoiled for me though. Because, yeah, I mean, it was okay. All right. So <laughs> thanks everybody for being on. We're going to end right here. And everybody say bye. 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 Enjoy Dragon Con Virtual. Awesome. I stopped it there. Logan, Rocks, Jess, thank you so much. There's a little edged for the never believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a little ghost for the offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's Yeah, 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 yeah Mr. Andy Coffin's gone wrestling Yeah, 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 yeah now, Andy, did you hear about this one?
Did I lose you? No, now you're back. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, did you say, how am I? Yeah. I'm good. I'm going to waste time just being pleasant. <laughs> so we're doing an intro, right? Tell me what we're doing. Um, yeah, kind of like a cap on uh, that whole podcast, I guess. I had okay. planned to do it with him and never got to, obviously. So, yeah. And the uh, uh, audio that Jeff sent me has just been sitting on my computer, and I was like, I mean, it's on the DragonCon page, but like, I feel like it's a disservice not to at least do something with it. So, okay. Then, then. That's good with me. Um, do I need to do anything for the intro, or do you just want to, like, intro me? Um, I can intro you. I was just going to do our usual intro, and <laughs> which is going to be really sad, because there won't be somebody else saying their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't feel like I should... I don't really want to take a spot, if that makes sense, since it's yeah. the last one. Um, let me switch to my... Did you ever listen to the audio from last week? Yeah, it sounded fine to me. I mean, yeah, it doesn't just... sound spectacular, but it sounded fine. Okay, never mind. We'll just do it this way. We're good. Um, yeah, I'm ready whenever you are. I'll just follow your lead. You know I can do this. <laughs> Sorry, I've been chewing almonds, so. Did I tell you my bad cholesterol is too high? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember what all I told you. Are you... Eating raw almonds? I mean, their planters like mixed nuts. Mm. <laughs> what was that? That's better than like eating like the honey roasted almonds or something like that. So you're doing good. All right. I think I finally chewed all the little bits up. I hate almonds. I like almonds. I don't like all the other stuff. I like peanuts and almonds. I don't like anything else. See, we'd have been perfect roommates, man. You I mean, can eat the peanuts and almonds. I will literally eat everything else. It would you would come home and it would just be you ate all the other nuts in the mixed nuts and just left me half a can of peanuts and almonds. Are we the ultimate Craigslist misconnection? Yes. I have to find a way. I have to clip this and put it at the end of the show. So I, I thought it and I went, I'm just going to do it just for him. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> All right.